my ability to be in the discomfort of myself sitting in that quietness is is really the, the leverage I have as a coach. Because I know that any idea that I have trying to think myself into where to go takes me away from, from what's here. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast, where we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. I haven't been coaching professionally for oh, a little over 13 years with varying degrees of success, of course. It looks to me that there are two fundamental elements to building a coaching practice, one of which is the foundation really for any heart-centered service-based profession above all else and more important than what some might call grounding your knowledge understanding your product anything in fact it looks to me that it's connection that is the foundation to building a successful coaching practice now that's not to say connection is the only piece required of course not but it's a foundation upon which your business is built quite simply without connection there are no clients, irrespective of your grounding and your ability to impact or help people. And connection is something I often explore in depth with my clients. It can take many forms. Indeed, this podcast is one form of connection. And the second piece is honesty. For me, coaching is all about helping people see past all those bullshit stories we tell ourselves that keep us from creating what we want be that some kind of change or something new. It's all about creation. And what brings these two pieces together is our willingness to share our humanity with others, unfiltered and unbridled, whilst listening with love and compassion. People connect most deeply to the humanness we so often try to hide. And today's guest is someone I've admired for quite some time for his willingness to share with us his humanity and what he describes as radical honesty. Perhaps that there, radical honesty, is a two-word definition of coaching because, you know, by definition, it is radical if it is essentially affecting the fundamental nature of something. And that is certainly my experience of coaching, both as a client and as a coach. And I really love how today's guest shows up. I've heard him on other podcasts and indeed on his own radio show. And I've been following him on social media for a while. And I just really like and I relate to this guy. We're, indeed, we're having this conversation before we started recording. That There seems to be like this affinity there. I've seen him share some painful real life stuff, which, you know, we all have going on at various times to varying degrees in our life. And as well as the beautiful pictures on the beach and the like. And at the same time, he's offers, he offers profound wisdom and insightful discussion in um, some of the communities that we share. So I thought it'd be pretty cool to get him um, on here, use this platform for us all to get to know him a little bit better and take a further look behind the scenes. So a big warm welcome to Philip Bartu. Hello. 
Oh, hello, Phil. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. It's, uh, I, I love what you've created, and it's uh, it's a joy to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like I was just saying, you know, before we started recording, I just felt, oh, I'm just going to reach out to this guy because there's, there's just something, and I hadn't given it too much intellectual thought, if you like. I, there's like, there's just something, oh, I want to I wanna reach out, connect with this guy because I just, and and then the thinking starts like let's justify oh why why is that and um as we were just talking about on a previous episode um anti van hannan had said he he felt that wisdom was given to us or shown to us in little nudges rather than linguistically and and i just felt oh i have this little nudge to reach out to you so thank you thank you for joining us um so i'll start where we generally do start um what got you into this profession? Well, I kind of came into this profession totally by surprise. Ever since a very young age, like my dream was to be the general manager of a big five-star hotel. <laughs> and so my whole life was planned around that. I had you know, become, I decided to study at uh, the best hotel school and I worked at the best hotels and I trained. And I was really on this path to become the general manager of a five-star hotel until I saw what it meant. And it was one of those things where you look at that position and you realize how people are living and it was like, that's not the life I want. And so I said, no, I don't want to be a hotel manager. I want to be a hotel owner. That's going to be a lot more exciting. <laughs> so, I, so, so I decided to quit everything and I was like, well, I, I can't really, it's a, it's a big step to, to have a hotel. And um, it you know, I didn't, I didn't have the financing or anything. So I thought I'm going to start with a restaurant. And so I, I opened my first restaurant when I was like 27, 28, didn't have a clue really what I was doing. And, uh, and, and I think that's where, that's where I got to see that I had really built in one year, this, uh, this beautiful restaurant. I had a a beautiful wife, I, a, a girlfriend. We'd been together for like nine years. And basically I had created all the circumstances that I thought I needed in order just to, to live a happy life. And I was stressed out as hell. And I wasn't enjoying my life. And everyone looked at me and, it, and everyone just thought I, I just had all my, I was this guy that just had his shit together, that had everything. And I was... I, I believe that I was. So it was it was really strange. It's like I had created this persona of this happy, successful guy. And in deep like but deep inside I just felt really empty and insecure. Mm. I was so insecure, Phil. And I was um and my health started to 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 break down and, and it's like when when you look back it's often the uh you know that the toughest moments that you go through are the, are the ones that uh, that that where really sort of transformation happens. And, and for me, it was at the age of 29. I I had a, a seizure and was on the floor of my restaurant and and just basically had, it was one of those near to death experiences where I was I was taken to hospital and I, I remember sort of waking up and and the doctor telling me you 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 have to you can't go back to work for for like 2 months and and you know you can't continue doing what you're doing and and it was the scariest thing for me was to lose my restaurant and to lose my relationship and 
within a month, those two things happened to me. I separated with my girlfriend. I closed my restaurant. And the, it was like a feeling of freedom and a, like a relief. And it was like, wow, um, someone just gave me the get out of jail for free card. you know. And, I was, and, and at the same time, I was really scared. And I didn't know what to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do. And I so so so, in that moment, I was sat, just one afternoon with my neighbour, who's a coach, and I didn't know what to do in life. I was I was feeling very, very confused. And and I remember I remember the conversation. I she she was giving a talk around purpose and values for p- people coming out of university, and I sat there for. And she asked me if I could just be her audience. And I was so touched by what she was doing that I was, it was like something just lit up in me. And I said, oh, I want to do what you're doing. And I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't know what she was doing. But she seemed to be doing pretty well for herself. And so she invited me to this circle of co-active coaches where she did her training. And I discovered this whole coaching world called co-active coaching and ended up training and 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 becoming a coach but the truth is phil in that moment why i became a coach i'd love to say i wanted to help people and transform lives but really i was in a place where i didn't know what to do and it seemed like it was an easy way to make good money and not have to work too hard mm-hmm. and so i was i was like oh this looked very appealing if I had known what I know, what I know today, I, prob- I probably would have chosen something else. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a beautiful bit in there actually. You you, you spoke about um, how everything kind of fell away and collapsed on the outside. You know, perhaps it it it, it didn't look particularly attractive. What was going on? Stressed, but or. Oh, let me actually give it the right way around. That it looked great. Sorry, got that completely the wrong way around. That it looked fantastic, like from the outside. What a wonderful life! A restaurant owner, you know, girlfriend, every life going brilliantly. And yet on the inside, there's you know these feelings of um, dissatisfaction, if you like. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe because yeah. I'm just relating to this how how at times my my life might have looked from the outside and and how it was like a polar opposite on the inside. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what kind of amuses me and, and bring <laughs> this bit that you're kind of allu- uh, uh, alluding to here about, you know, the path of, 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 of building a coaching business. There are times I realize that my life actually probably looks even more of a mess, frankly, now mm-hmm. than it might yeah. have done when I, you know, when I had the huge six figure salaries in this nice secure contract world in IT and stuff. Um, I love that, yes. And yet on the inside, I, I am mostly, and I guess there's a deepness to the happiness and the peace that I feel now, even mm-hmm. though it's, it's kind of like things are flipped. Oh, there's so, right now, I, I, I love that. It's like there's so much insecurity, uncertainty, um, not really knowing, not really having a plan, <laughs> like the opposite of what I had before. But I'm I'm okay with that. In fact, I I I'm I feel like I've I've just uh, and just to, to 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 use your words, like I I feel like I'm I'm in peace, regardless of how things are are on the outside. 
and and sometimes yes and sometimes no but but much much more much more stable and and that's amazing so how has that come about then philip well i in my when i started coaching i realized that um, i was really intrigued by this word purpose and um, and I, I remember when I when I was my my whole my whole coaching was around I was I branded myself the purpose coach and and I was working with values and purpose and I would create these workshops where people would come up and and within a day they'd create this this thing called their life purpose statement and so they would stand in front of the room and announce it and declare it and own it and everyone would just give them a cheer and a hurrah and um, and so. For me, what I, the way I understood coaching and the work I was doing was I saw that there, was a lot of, there were a lot of people that didn't have a purpose. And so I thought that if they have a purpose, then they can connect to their purpose and create a purposeful life. And what we need is, is people that have more purpose. And so I really kind of bought into this idea. And so I would work with people for six months to a year. And... What I got to see is even though they were able to do to make some big changes in their lives, they would transition from a corporate job to self-employment or grow their business, achieve their goals, have a, a, a purpose, they still had the same doubts, insecurities, fears. And it felt like it felt like there was something missing. And it felt like inside they they still felt like something was missing and then i realized that well inside i still felt like something was missing mm -hmm. and so my coaching although at the time i thought it was very sort of deep and profound i see it today as as actually quite superficial and no, nothing nothing wrong with that and it was helpful and and I've had, you know, wonderful experiences and connections with the people I've worked with, but but it wasn't really until I, I guess I, I, I as as I evolved as a coach, I, I I came across the three principles and and the work. I discovered it through through Jamie Smart, who is really is someone who is very uh, the most impactful person in my life so far that I really, wow, was like a smack in the face. I got, to, I got to see that why some people would thrive with their purpose and other people didn't, and that there was a, a hidden, something hidden that I didn't know that really behind all of this that makes people thrive. And so that's what I got really curious and excited about. And that's what I'm still curious and excited about today. And I feel I'm just scratching the surface and getting to understand and see that more deeply. I love that. I love that. Was there a real, like, you know, wet fish around the face moment where... Oh, many. <laughs> many. Well, I mean, I, I, I remember when I was... Um, I, so this was three about three years ago. I was I had signed up for... Um, for a 10-month program with, with, with Jamie Smart. So I, I was in there kind of like, I'm, I'm already a coach. I'm not sure if I should be here. I kind of know this stuff already. 
and um, and so the slap in the face was, I I I thought I was open. <laughs> I thought I was like, yeah, I, I I know how to listen. Yeah, yeah. But it it turns out that I. So this was a 10-month program. I went to London four times. I had to go to London for four weekends before I could really start hearing something. And I think the slap in the face was I, I, had, I had brought in too much of my own, my own understanding or what I – or, or I, I guess I, I just – the slap in the face was I had to suffer for like four weekends in London sitting in a room – watching people have all these profound insights and realizations and me just sitting there thinking, what am I doing here? What is this all about? I didn't get it. And then I, I kind of like, yeah, I think I get it, but I, I still didn't get it. And, uh, and I think where I, I was, I was also just going, I was going through a lot of pain, Phil. It was at the time where I was going through a divorce and, uh, yeah, I remember sitting and, and I was one of the first people to go to the front of the room and Jamie would say, he said, I remember him saying something like, you're not feeling circumstances, you're feeling thought. And I just thought, bullshit. Right. Like, I, my, my, my heart is broken right now right, yeah, and yeah. I am suffering and it's because of her, it's not because of me. And, and so I, I wasn't able to see that. It took me, it took me a long time to see that. And 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 I think that I only saw that, like a few years later. Mm, beautiful, and uh, you know I relate to that. There's one thing that really um, I thought I thought I had this whole understanding down for for years and years. In fact, I, I it, it wasn't described as the three principles, but I kind of had that insightful moment. Uh, 2003 so that's like 15 years ago you know wow. I've spoken about it on this podcast before it's like a drop the book moment mm -hmm. um, and and yet um, some stuff happened last year a breakup and whatever and I just like even though I I, it was it was it was kind of weird it was I could see there were times when I could see Phil suffering I yeah like, okay cool but it's it's, it's gonna it's it's gonna it's just simply gonna flow and pass or whatever, and I guess that that's one thing that helped me to just keep going. I'm like, okay, this is it's it's kind of like okay, there's a storm going on that I don't need to do anything with it. So I was I was quite well equipped to deal with it. But I had this beautiful discussion almost a year ago to the day with Dick and Bedinger, and you know I I was always writing about love, and I've I've kind of come back to that. Um, but he said this one thing. Um, in this conversation and I'm still wow I'm still I'm still wowing at it today yeah <laughs> where he said at one point he just said Phil even your noble ideas about love have you suffer mm. and I just saw in that moment that it is all beliefs. All ideas are made of the same stuff. So even my idea about love, various ideas about love, in some ways and some contexts, I was suffering. Yeah. And it really was, uh, <laughs> you know, sort of 14 years after that drop the book moment, another, another slap round the face to see how we even in our suffering and even in this exploring this understanding we can still end up searching for 
a new idea, replacing one concept and one idea with yet another concept and another idea. Mm. And it is fundamentally that there's this search that's going on. And people can say, oh, well, I'm no longer searching. (laughs) And really that's because they think they've found something, which when they look in that particular direction... And it can be any anything. It can be, you know, just the idea of love. It can be, you know, we're all one. There's a whole there's a whole lot of stuff that's talked about in the spiritual realm and in spiritual teachings that then, oh well I've seen it and therefore I'm at peace now. Mm. And um it's just in that moment I could see that it's it's not it's not the it's not even the idea or the f- finding an idea that brings me peace. It's the no longer searching. And that that no to no longer be searching can either be one because I think I've found something, or yeah. in those moments where I, I I'm just absorbed in what's going on right now. That's beautiful. It's uh, it makes me want to have more of those slap in the face moments, <laughs> uh, and I, I think those are the best. Those and and they are the best kind of insights. And then when we when we try to put words to them it's almost like it doesn't do it justice mm-hmm. and it, it can actually take us away from from what we've seen and so what um, what i find in, in the in the retreats that, that that i run it's like i whenever people have insights they're so eager to share them and at the beginning it was i was really eager to listen to what they say and now it we have this this like we we this just this agreement that someone has an insight to to just let it Mm. Let let it simmer. Like don't don't share it. Just just keep it for yourself, and and maybe share it a little later because it's like that. There's there is a tendency, and this is something I used to do a lot. I would see something, and then I'd build a concept around it, but it actually takes me away from what I've seen. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then it's and and then it becomes something that it isn't. And then I think that was really helpful because now I have a a, a little something to grab onto. Can you make that real for us anyway? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. So, so well, actually just, just recently when, when we're, I was just, I saw something about, about a broken heart and how I think in all my life, the, the, the times I've suffered the most have been in, in relationships and, and, and definitely after, after breakups. And, and I got to see that the reason I was suffering so much with heart pain is because I, I made it about me and I, I really couldn't see that I'm actually I'm the space that's holding the pain and I'm not the pain. And so then when I saw that, it was just like, oh, it didn't mean that I didn't feel the pain anymore, but it meant that I could feel the pain and allow it mm. and be with it. And so what I would, I, what I, what I then did, I was like, oh, I just, I need to allow. Oh, and then it, and then I, it became something that I had to do. I have to allow allow the pain but what does that mean do i just need to sit in the pain and sit with it be with it and then it just gets confusing mm. it's like well when do i allow or not allow i was like no no you're you don't need any of that 
And and when I when I see that I'm the space that holds the pain, it, there's there's no trying to understand. There's just there's just a uh, a real I disappear. Yeah. That's actually what I want to say. Like I, I the I that's suffering disappears, and I become a witness of the one that's suffering. Now I know this can sound a little woo woo. Well, I get I really get that though because I think the the I that disappears is actually the idea we have of ourselves. And yeah. Part of, part of that idea we have of ourselves is I should not be suffering. Yes. And, and when that idea dissolves, there isn't anything left. Yeah, and it's it's so it's it's so common when when people are suffering to want to help mm. and to to give them advice or to do things <laughs> to make them feel better. And and I mean I, I still catch myself out sometimes, but but what I'm yeah what I've I, I feel like what's something that I've seen in 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 relationships is so many times that people are dying to be seen much more than anything else and so often when we come with a, a discomfort or a pain someone wants to with the best of intentions they'll, they'll they'll want to say or do things in order to to make the other person feel better and this could be like the most simple thing like oh i'm feeling i'm feeling overwhelmed i've got so many ideas in my head and i don't know what to do and they'll say well why don't you just stop and write them down because i think that's going to be really helpful <laughs> you know and it and it and it can seem like it's a uh, it's a good thing to do and it's a good idea but really what what people want is to be witnessed in their messiness yeah yeah and and i feel like where us as coaches our our role is to is to first of all be a witness of their their messiness of their humanness of their being and and to allow them to be messy without the need to change anything And then see what emerges. And, and I'm curious um, how seeing that mm-hmm. may have changed how you operate in in your business. So, well, firstly, it's changed massively on how I operate when I coach. The most fundamental difference is when I'm when I used to coach, I would often I wouldn't know what to do. So I would sit there with a client and I'd think, oh my God, I mean, I don't know how to help this person. And so I would get insecure. And when I get insecure, I'd grab onto a tool because I had a lot of tools in my toolbox. And so, so I'd grab onto a tool and I'd give them a tool and then they would feel like they have something useful and they got something tangible and they got something out of this session. And now they had something to do. And, and it it felt like I was helping them and they felt like they were being helped. But what's, what's different today is I don't have any tools to give to anyone. And when I feel uncomfortable and when I don't know what to do, I just say, I don't know what to do right now. So I'm just going to be quiet for a moment and I'll just sit there in quiet and I'll wait and I'll see what comes through me. And sometimes I don't even say that. I just stay quiet. And the, my ability to be 
in the discomfort of myself sitting in that quietness is is really the, the leverage I have as a coach because I know that any idea that I have trying to think myself into where to go takes me away from from what's here and that, that that's also part of the allowing isn't it instead of this like yeah. searching and trying to work stuff out it's really allowing the next step whatever that is in whatever context so just allowing that to appear yeah. yeah and so it's it's a lot of it is about is about you know being being cu- I'm a lot more curious and I think I heard you say once Phil like curiosity is an act of love it's something like that and uh yeah and 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 i love that and so i feel that when yeah when when we can be really really curious with each other just beautiful beautiful things occur and so the second thing i oh and i love i love this question i think fundamentally the difference is before i was going in there as a a bit of an expert, a bit of the one that's going to help the other person. And now my job is to sort of, I see it more as just the more I can disappear in this conversation, the more I can show up empty, the more I get to see for myself. And what I love, love, love about this profession is when I'm in this conversation, I get to reap so much out of it i get to learn so much from my clients from the wisdom that just shows up and it makes every conversation a gift and it's a gift that when i find i'm i have time away from coaching it's a, it's 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 almost like i'm being drawn back in i can't not do it it's gotten to a point where I love this. I love this so much that there's no conversation I'd rather be having in my life. Mm. Love that, and and yeah, of course, completely relate. You remind me of um, uh, something. I, I, I'm writing a book on relationships, and I have no idea when it, <laughs> when or if it will ever be complete enough to to release. I did think I might get it out there this year, but that's really unlikely because. I've allowed a couple of other ideas to kind of uh, leapfrog it. But anyway, one of the things I was speaking about in, in this book is um, that whilst particularly those of us who have been uh, perhaps in relationships where we feel imprisoned mm-hmm. and controlled, we might feel that we crave freedom. Yes. And yet my experience, what I see over and over again is um, those of us that have freedom actually want intimacy Mm. and it looks to me like there's there's something in the human condition perhaps of of a a real deep desire for intimacy and we could delve deep into that about that being us remembering that we are all Mm -hmm. one or or whatever but um you know that's a whole whole, uh, rabbit hole really that is but yeah just see that just see the beauty in intimacy with being in in that kind of conversation with another person and certainly with with coaching looks to me um although i have to say i guess i i've become better at relating mm-hmm. <laughs> just generally um since i've been coaching but there's there is a 
a level of intimacy, if you like, in in coaching that I that perhaps no other relationship has, because other relationships do tend to have agendas, and yeah. and uh, a coaching relationship in its purest form wouldn't necessarily have any agenda. So it's just about being present with that person and, and allowing the, in, the space of intimacy in which we explore. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm, that's what I'm really hearing from you and, and just uh, seeing in you that, that intimacy. So let's get a little bit practical. I'm curious, um, you know, you, you trained, um, did some formal training as coaching, or had a coaching business came across a new understanding mm-hmm. and i know um yeah that you run retreats or certainly have been running retreats um can you talk us through really the the client aspect of that as in where clients came from how they were finding you and how that's mm-hmm. developed over the years yeah it's um it's developed in, in all sorts of ways firstly i i started my coaching business a little different from everyone else. And I came across The Prosperous Coach, the book which I know you, you, you refer to um, often. I was lucky to come across it at the very, very beginning of my coaching journey. Mm-hmm. And so what I got to see is when I, as, as I started in the first two months of my coach training, I noticed how everyone in my, in my, in my coaching class were very focused on business cards, branding, websites, marketing. And to me, that just felt very contractive. And I just felt like that's, I'm not ready to do any of that yet. And I, and, and I read The Prosperous Coach and it was just such a, it was such a breath of fresh air because every, everyone around me wasn't, everyone around me was so busy doing, building websites and stuff that I got really insecure. Like, oh, maybe I should need to do this. And and then I, I just said I just focused on on having conversations with people, and I noticed that within the first six months of being a coach, I didn't have a website, I didn't have a business card, I didn't even have an email. Well, I just had my personal email, but I had clients, and I started off charging like twenty five Swiss francs. I was in Switzerland, like twenty five Swiss francs an hour, and I really would go into these conversations thinking, oh my God, how can I provide value for 25 francs? And then, and it was, it was, it was just a very kind of gradual where, where I felt like what I had to offer was valuable. I would just increase my fees. And for me, I didn't have a website for the first two years of being a coach. I tried to so many times. But every time it was just like, oh, this just looks like one more of those websites. It didn't really have anything. So for me, I wanted to have a message and, and, and find what that is. And it took me two years. And only after two years was I feel I was ready to build my website. And then I branded myself as the purpose coach. And then after that, it, was, it, it really changed. But in that time, I was also working with organizations and I built a company called Leadership by Love with two other coaches. And we wanted to bring love into organizations. And it was a complete failure. No one wanted to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> so there was something there also about meeting them where they are. And, uh, and, and I 
I remember those. I had a collaboration with two people, and and we we there fell into the trap of of really trying to market it and and trying to 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 create tools and strategies to 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 get into corporations. And the only thing that's worked for me, Phil, and in, in all these and all this time as a coach, is is to to be curious and interested and and see is this someone I can help is this someone I want to help and if so well let me reach out and invite them for a conversation mm-hmm. and that's been my strategy for the only thing that 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 I can say has been has been what's allowed me to to become a an independent coach how did the retreats um come about so the i started doing retreats one and a half years ago and with i partnered up with juan juan jose quesada who's in who's in madrid and um he invited me to a retreat that he was doing and so i went there as a participant and on the uh on the second day his co-leader the, the person who didn't show up and and so I just took that space, and I ended up um, sort of co-leading the, the last day with him. And it was it was really uncomfortable because it was all in Spanish. And so uh, at the time, my Spanish was was okay, but not not at the level to be running retreats. But we said, oh well, let's let let's try and do it again. And and so we we did another retreat and. We just found we had this really great sort of vibe together, and so we started working together, and we formed the business, and and then the client creation became systems and, and spreadsheets and big. Uh, so he comes he comes from a sales background, which is which is very different to how I was working, and so we we hired um, Lorena who started working with us uh, full time. And we all of a sudden had a had a business. Before I was just an, an independent coach, and now we were running retreats sort of every two months. And um, and then we started running retreats every month. And then it became, I started feeling like I wasn't really enjoying myself so much. I felt like I was under a lot of pressure to keep going, to create clients, to be in conversation. And it felt a bit like there was a, a system that we were following to, to build a business. And, and I remember in, in, I was in, in the conversation with Juan and, and Lorena and they were talking about emailing and how we, we need to have like a funnel for emails and that so we can grow. And I remember looking at them just feeling like, mm. I was like, okay, if you guys want to do that, that's cool. I don't feel so inspired to, 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 to go that way. And then I said something that even surprised me. And I said something like, well, why, why is bigger better? Mm-hmm. And, and it was kind of like, well, of course, you know, we want to grow. We want to help more people. We want, and, I, and then I, I felt like, I don't know if I – if that's if that's the path that I want to be on, but I was really loving what we were doing and what we were creating, and so it was it was a challenging. It, it became at the beginning, it was like everything felt like it was flowing, it was great, and then I just felt like I had put myself back in the same place that I was when I had a restaurant, mm. 
when I was always, yeah. yeah, like doing, doing, doing. And and then I started a radio show, and I and it's my life started looking very good on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I had to be really honest with myself, and I had to say, why am I doing all this? And it was. And I realized I was doing all of this because I wanted to meet the expectations of my business partner. I wanted to be able to, to join him in, in his desire to grow and, and, and to grow a business fast. And, 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 and I actually, that wasn't so important for me. Mm. And so we ended up having a lot of, lot, you know, we, 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 we did a lot of marketing and, and a lot, I mean, it was beautiful. It was, it was organic. We, but it felt something about the whole thing felt a little forced for me because it wasn't really the way I had, I had worked before. And, and so in, in December last year, we, we, we took a break and I went to India for six weeks and, and just, and it's like six weeks where I just really don't do anything. And in those six weeks, it was, it was like, I fell back into the nothingness of like, Oh, I want more of this in my life. So when I came back, it, we had a conversation. We decided to to go to go separate ways, and um, and I fell into a bit of an emptiness. Phil, I was a bit like, oh, I, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, and so I just um, I, I decided to stop the radio show. I decided to just put a stop on everything and just just kind of go inside and and get a little quiet. So it's been. I'd say this year has been pretty much that, just been, and then sort of new new collaborations and new opportunities have come, but very slowly and, and organically, and it feels like something is brewing, mm. and I don't know what that is, but I'm feeling that I'm back in my in my center again, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to abide by and and go with someone else's agenda i can i can follow my agenda which is really kind of like no agenda but i i noticed that i lost a little bit of myself in in wanting to please other people and that's something that i have been very very good at all my life i'm sure all of us can relate to what you've said there absolutely um something I've been talking about recently in uh, my group Thrive Program, um, this thing about creating a coaching business. And to some extent, uh, a coaching business, a coaching practice, creates itself. It becomes a byproduct mm-hmm. if you are focused on the bit that actually you, you the heart-centered piece you know, that yeah. you've spoken about, helping people, being connected with people, being intimate with people. The business becomes a byproduct of doing that. And yes, of course, it still needs some nurturing and attention for sure. But that's different from having your focus be on creating a business. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you say that, it reminds me of a conversation I had just this, this weekend with a client around helping. And this is this is something... I'm just starting to see Phil, and and so I'm curious to see what what you make of this. But I, I have a, I got to see that helping is coming from the ego, 
And my desire to want to help someone isn't always really from a place of love. And and I I feel that, and I'm going to say in a very practical way, um, my job as a coach is is to love and to share love in whatever form that means. And that's maybe just another way of saying helping people, but I, I, if I can stop trying to help and just, and just be there, mm-hmm. that seems to be the most helpful thing. I don't know if any of that made any sense. Oh, it does. I mean, um, it reminds me, uh, just before I, I, I ran uh, this wonderful workshop in Hong Kong early part of last year and a dear friend of mine at the time um, sent me this message and I've Googled it. I can't find any reference to it. So I've really no idea where it came from. I know it wasn't hers. I think she's just seen it as a meme or something. And it said, um, I'm not here to teach you. I'm here to love you. Love, mm. love will teach you beautiful oh that nails it that's that's just so much more eloquent than the blah blah that came out of my head but well, i wish i'd have thought of that too right but that's, 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 that's it perfect. oh i love that that's amazing i have a the the only someone someone asked me some like what's your coaching philosophy and uh and what what occurred to me was love them so hard until they break and it is what I really mean by that is that the whole identity that they hold breaks and love emerges from that. And that's, that's this, and I've, I've, I've got it, uh, it's the only thing that I have framed on, uh, in, in my office and it's just, uh, every time I see that it just rings so true to me. Uh, love them, love them so hard until they break. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. It's, it's, and you know, I had that workshop, at the end of the workshop, my, my client gave me the picture of um, Albert Einstein holding this sign which just says love is the answer of course which is yeah beautiful beautiful so time absolutely flown by by the way a couple of more questions and and one you have kind of already answered but um, I'm wondering gosh it it just feels like we've scratched the surface actually (laughs) (laughs) really it really does um and i loved i loved that feeling oh there's so much more here to explore so much here more here to explore um if you had a bunch of coaches in in a room who were you know in their first year or two Mm -hmm. and perhaps hadn't yet reached that nirvana point of being able to cover their living expenses from coaching because you know that's something that you know we've all we've all been there you know that's like a i don't know it's a turning point but it's perhaps some kind of milestone Mm mm-hmm um, and you had a 30, 30 second, one minute message for those people. Mm-hmm. What might that be? Well, the first thing that comes to me is be gentle with yourselves. It's a lot of coaches put a lot of pressure on themselves to achieve and to get somewhere and to do the things and to be and to train. It's like, be gentle with yourselves. Slow down. And... Don't try to force things. There's a beautiful way that things things will unfold when you allow it to. And on a practical way, what I mean by that is 
if you're feeling expansive and it feels like this feels right, then trust that more than anything else and be very skeptical of buying into other people's programs promising you the easy way. Whenever I feel a sense of insecurity, I would buy into those programs and I lost a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of energy and it felt very confusing and contracting. So there's a compass that you have that you can really trust. And so if, for me, it's put the attention inwards and really see as like, is, 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 does this feel expansive or does this feel contractive? And allow that to be your guide. Beautiful. And finally then, Philip, for you, what is, it's funny really, we've spoken about purpose, but I, I wonder how that looks for you. What is, why do you do, what is the purpose um, behind what it is that you do? Mm. Well, to me, the purpose of what I do is, is, the purpose of life, which is to be in life. And the way I see it is in the conversations I have with people, it is helping them be more in life. And the full experience of being life in life and the aliveness that comes with that. What a wonderful conversation. I hope... Uh we continue this some other time, of course. It's been really beautiful um, getting to know you a little bit, Philip, and uh, thank you so much for your time today. Beautiful. Thank you so much for uh, sharing the space with me today, Phil. I really appreciate it. Ah, oh, yes, to be in life. What a beautiful reminder that is, and what a beautiful conversation with Philip. And just how familiar is that story of creating something, a life or a lifestyle that looks amazing to others on the outside, but is not what we actually want on the inside? Philip had that realization that he wasn't enjoying life and chose to do something different. And like so many, if not all of the guests on this podcast, he discovered coaching and maybe coaching discovered him. You know, in 51 episodes of this podcast, no one has ever said, when I was in kindergarten, I wanted to be a life or business coach. That just doesn't happen that way. There is always a, a process of discovery around that. And I loved Philip's honesty um, there, originally thinking it looked like a good way to make money without working too hard. And, you know, he soon found out, of course, that that's not the case. Not many of us would ad admit to that. Philip has touched on how he was clinging onto his current way of seeing things. It took him four weekends in the training he was doing with Jamie Smart before he allowed himself to hear something new. This is of key importance to coaching, both for clients and for coaches. Working with a coach can help us see something new, something differently, very often see life differently, but we have to be open to that. I ask my clients to show up with undefended openness and then we explore what that really means and of course those life-changing insights insights that have changed the way philip sees life have changed the way he coaches they seem to have changed the way he does everything the way he lives and that's what's available to us when we're willing to see something new 
And another key point uh, that Philip touched on and something the two of us have talked about outside of this interview is the importance of connection. Just like me, Philip loves the connection and intimate aspects of this profession, much more so than the marketing. And I really honor him in being true to that and being willing to walk away from opportunities that don't align with that. Him seeing that the path he was on was not in alignment with what is in his heart and making changes so that he can best serve in the most loving way for him. What a wonderful conversation indeed and this kind of feels like a part one to me so I'm going to ask Philip to come back sometime um, in the future so that we delve a little bit deeper into the, some of the things we've uh, touched on and talked about here today and as always when I put these episodes together I wonder what have you heard here what's what's your takeaway from this conversation I'd love to hear from you where are you feeling out of alignment perhaps and uh, would like to make some changes to honor what is in your heart I'd love to hear from you and maybe explore that with you and each month I'll be selecting someone from listeners like you that have contacted me to have a follow-up conversation that may be featured in a future episode of this podcast are you on a path that is honoring what is in your heart okay one more final thing i want to get this podcast out to as many coaches as possible you too can play a part in that by either sharing links to episodes to your community on social media or your email lists or by simply talking about it and recommending it to others it will make a huge difference too if you just take one minute to leave an honest review on itunes if you do that please do let me know i may have something for you in return okay that's enough from me thank you once again for listening and as always i wish you much love and joy Thank you.